at Muni Radio. Throw two bucks. Write down L W A F L M O Y T sent you. That's our acronym L W A F L M O Y T. You want to see our YouTube video? Subscribe to L W A F L M O Y T. You prefer the old school podcast? Subscribe to L W A F L M O Y T. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube. Carl, what movie are we watching on YouTube this week? We are watching The Jazz Singer. 1927. Sorry. Uh, You read my mind. 1927. Not 1979. Correct. Now, we've watched. Yeah, what channel should we check out? Girl Boss. Okay, Girl Boss. Girl Boss videos. Check it out. We want you to go to your YouTube, type in the Jazz Singer 1927, not 79. You will find Girl Boss hosting the full movie. Click the link, hit pause, move it to zero, zero, zero. We are celebrating the movies this year that are now part of the public domain. These are movies that were produced in 1927, including The Jazz Singer. Hey, I heard it's a good movie, Carl. (laughs) What people have been really talking it up. Oh, well, that's the buzz. (laughs) <laughs> oh well we should save it for the movie so we now at this point you have the movie pause and maybe you don't maybe you need a couple minutes well we'll offer you a couple minutes carl has actually not only produces the show researched the movie has stuff to tell tell me about this film which i've never seen and he wrote the theme song he also hosts our celebrity comedian in our little segment called celebrity comedian countdown take it away carl Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Clint Esposito! Welcome, Clint! Thank you for having me, Carl. Now, you and I are out there on the scene together doing comedy. I've seen you at a million open mics, but I've also seen you on serious, serious-ass shows, right? Now, you just recently booked me on the serious show in Dunellin, Right at the Danellen Theater. Now yeah. they don't show movies there anymore. Tell me how you got associated with this theater and how you got this opportunity. Uh, so the owner, actually, I raised. I grew up with plugged in. I grew up racing motocross with him, uh-huh. and I helped a motocross podcast do a live show the Friday before Supercross, which is a indoor motocross race where they have a giant stadium periodically. I helped them set the show up here in New Jersey. Richie came to that show and was like, you know I have a theater, right? And I was like, no. So then <laughs> that's kind of how that went. Now, I did want to raise that. I uh, ignorantly am calling it dirt bikes. Like you used to have some hobby. But no, but this was motocross. This was earlier in your life. You would arrange tours and and get the players and all the people. And, and then there was ticket sales and there was going with the venues and there was tell us about this life which isn't with you anymore it was earlier in your life tell us about this how it went down and 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 how you're out of it now and why so uh basically as a kid i was in the sports eventually i found dirt bikes and motocross um and then i that's all i wanted to do was be a professional motocross racer which i did have a pro license and I did that for three years. But then I actually got 
uh, offered to do a monster truck show, a monster jam, and jump the ramp and do the trick. Okay. So where racing is all depends upon, depended upon how you finish. So freestyling knew what I was going to get paid, that my room was going to get paid for, yada, yada, before I even showed up. Yeah. So I started riding shows for somebody else, and then obviously I saw the opportunity, so I started my own company, built my own ramp, and started booking all my own shows. Now, I, I'm I'm still being ignorant. It's not motor cross. It's moto. 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 Um, yeah, <laughs> moto cross. And then the other one is freestyle motocross where you do the tricks. All right. Uh, and then mm-hmm. I had been hurt a bunch of times throughout doing that. But then finally, I think I got a little older. And uh-huh. it, it was more uh, of an inconvenience to get older. And then I basically... Yeah, kind of walked away from it because just booking the shows on their own, there's not that much overhead. So I walked away from that, and actually, while I was still booking shows, I'd gotten hurt, and I was mm-hmm. announcing one of my shows instead of hiring an announcer because I couldn't ride anyway. And I started just kind of slipping jokes in, and for myself, I was just I don't know talking, you know, crap and. I started seeing some people laughing, and I was like, oh, I'm just in the wrong (laughs) venue for this. So (laughs) after I stopped riding, I thought about what I'd like to kind of pursue, and comedy was something I felt like I could see myself doing because there were athletic people, you know, that are comedians. All different types of people can be a comedian. It doesn't matter. Yes, that's right. Um, So, yeah, I just kind of myself that I could do that and it's also something where you have the opportunity to travel and you still get the butterflies of performing yeah yeah so that was my next question how you got to comedy and it seems like it was a natural transition you didn't expect I mean it came naturally but you were just announcing you know so in the same way you had your business smarts with the moto cross moto's got more mojo Order, right? So yeah. when the same way you had your business going with the motocross, with the with the monster trucks, right? You also bring that to comedy. I mean, you're really a comedy producer, uh, an editor, and video. You know, you know your way around the internet, and you've got your. I mean, what is it? You you have um, livestreamcomedy.com, which you right. made up during the pandemic. Tell me about the birth of that site. So basically, while all the clubs were shut down during the pandemic, I was like, we need to start doing uh, more online stuff. So I looked, and livestreamcomedy.com was available, which Mm -hmm. was pretty uh, surprising. So actually, I had you on um, some shows. I did Puntagious. With Steve Poston, right? right. It was just all fun show. And then I'd also... Let's watch a full-length Twitter, jokes to call the 
French duh, not the duh duh. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Hey, hi, welcome to LWAFLMOIT. That stands for Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. How are you, man? All right. Ready to watch this film. Looking forward to a good episode because it's a good film. We are going to watch a good film this week. We are streaming right now, as we always do, every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on San Francisco's own Mutiny Radio. What is Mutiny Radio? It's an internet radio station. You can find it at mutinyradio.fm. You can hit it and you can stream it. The full afternoon uh, Sunday shows. We're just part of it, so make it an afternoon. But check it out. Listen to us first on Mutiny Radio. Listen to us next on our podcast, which uh, posts every Sunday night, Sunday afternoon. Uh, you have to find it by our acronym, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Go ahead and subscribe. You'll hear the, the podcast. We're going to watch a full-length movie on YouTube with the sound off, and you're going to listen, watch the movie and listen to our podcast at the same time. So you're going to have to find the YouTube. If you want to just not deal with it, Check out our YouTube channel. Subscribe to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Carl is the producer of this show. You heard his fantastic theme song. He has researched this movie we're going to watch. He has also synced this movie and posted it on YouTube. And very shortly, Carl, we'll be hearing an interview you had with a celebrity comedian who will talk Correct. about their celebrity and their comedianness, and then give us a countdown to this movie. I'm really anxious. A good movie this week? Carl, what is this movie? This week we will watch the Incredible Shrinking Woman. Don't don't put in man. The Incredible Shrinking Woman, 1981, and the channel we like is Kenny Love Music Movie, not Jimmy Eat World. Kenny Love Music Movie. That's the most inspirational uh, YouTube channel I've heard. So Kenny loves mo- mo- music movies. Fuck you, books. Kenny doesn't like them. No, no, no. Magazines. Well, uh-huh. it, it, Movie is quicker, goes yeah. right in, you know. Uh-huh. Video uh, too much for Kenny. So go ahead and find shrinking the, woman, the incredible shrinking woman, 1981. Kenny loves music. You're gonna find Kenny's link. Here's what we need you to do we want you to enjoy the following interview coming up. And during the interview, we want you to hit find the link, hit play, hit pause. Whoa, no, even worse. Da, 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 yes. So two ads will play. One you just have to watch. The other one you can skip at five. And one said, "No, actually, I just got one ad to say. Good for me, right? Lucky me." Yeah, I got one ad. After that ad plays, hit pause. Move your timer to zero zero zero. And then while you're listening to the interview, the celebrity comedian, when they're done, they're going to give you the celebrity comedian countdown. And when they say go, we go. So Carl, take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown. This time with. Chris Carfero! Welcome! Hey, Carl. Good to see you. Thanks for having me. Now, we know each other out there on the comedy scene. Most of the time, it's open mics, less than shows. And I think you're very new to comedy. Maybe there was a pre-pandemic time, but, uh, you know, in the in the context of things, right, it's pretty new. Tell, tell me why you got into comedy, how you got into comedy, and how long are we talking about here? 
Sure. So uh, before the pandemic, I had one of my friends who thought he was funny come at me and say, hey, I'm doing an open mic. I know you love comedy. Uh, why don't you come out and uh, try it out? So me and him, we went to the uh, the original stand in New York City. Uh-huh, the original first one. Yeah. open mic, yeah. Um, that dirty, dingy basement. <laughs> I was like, we've made it. This is how comedy <laughs> should be. And I told a story uh, about my dad, something I've told to all my friends, family, hundreds of times, you know. So I already knew that it was going to be a decent story to tell. And we got some laughs. But for us, we were like, first time we got laughs. Comedy's easy. Like, it's done. <laughs> it then really is. We went, yeah. Then we went back the second week, tried actual material, and just played to crickets. <laughs> so mm. I took a little bit of time off after that. Uh, I had to check the ego a little bit. But then um, – Was that Laughing say, Buddha? What's that? Was that Laughing Buddha? So, yeah, it was uh, early on in the Laughing Buddha. I don't think they had a formal uh, agreement yet with the stand. But now if you go to the stand, it's all Laughing Buddha shows right. as far as the open mic, um, which I like those people. They're nice. Um they let you on, and they, they give you some good encouragement. Those are always good mics to do. Um, but then I took a little time off, and then I really because missed it. Because of the so, pandemic? Because of the pandemic? or So that was in 2017. So I took about till uh, early 2019 to get uh -huh. back into it. I really needed some time to let that ego cool off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So then I went real hard um, on comedy, going all the open mics. Uh, I actually saw you for the first time. We didn't uh, meet then, but I saw you at uh, Scotty's Comedy uh, Cove. Yeah. And I saw you do the first mic flip. And I was like, oh, comedy is more than just telling stories. This is nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then uh, I hit up the scene a little bit, did a couple showcases in the city, uh, actually got uh, the industry room at um, Broadway Comedy Club. I won that competition. So Terrific. I had a little bit of a residency. And then right at the turn of that, pandemic hit. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm a scientist, uh, former scientist, I guess you could call it at this point. Well, you're um, between jobs, right? Right, so right. I'm making a little bit of a hiatus. <laughs> you're educated. You are a scientist. Right. So literally, right, we hit the pandemic. I think comedy's dead. So I'm like... I might as well just double down on science because hopefully this is the only pandemic I'll ever see in my entire lifetime. I think it would be pretty good to get that on a resume. <laughs> so I did that. And did then, you do any um, Zoom shows during the pandemic? No, I literally just said, Chris, if you're going to do something, you have to do it all the way. Um, it looks like that's going to be science. You know, I didn't really have a lot of connections at the time in comedy. So I didn't know who I could ask where they were doing Zoom shows, uh, where the uh, outdoor shows were. So right. I, I literally just said, it's time for you to be a scientist, time to help out the community. And then I was like, I'm just having fun. <laughs> I need to get back into comedy. Now, you do a lot of jokes about growing up rural, right? Growing oh, yeah. up country. Tell me about that. Where did you grow up? How did this influence your comedy? And uh, what's the contrast now? Uh, I mean where this isn't ur an urban setting, but still, <laughs> yeah. you know, tell us about the difference. Of course. So uh, I grew up in Long Valley, New Jersey, which uh, if anyone doesn't know where that is, it's in Morris County, right up against the Pennsylvania border. Um, and I grew up right across from a horse farm. 
-hmm. So it's pretty rural. Uh, it has like a quarter mile long driveway. Uh, so it's definitely different. I live in Hoboken right now. Yeah. And uh, just the, the sounds at night, I'm used to, you know, hearing like raccoons and, and deer and bear. Sure. And those things are what put me to sleep, you know? When I hear a siren, I'm like, all right, what are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. got to be an emergency. Exactly. But I feel like that has definitely uh, influenced my comedy, at least uh, up until this far. Uh, I mean, the great juxtaposition between where I grew up and where I uh, am living now. Plus, I also went to school in the Bronx at Fordham University. There's just so much that an outside observer who's never experienced any of this, mm -hmm. like you can just take in. I've never experienced Ubers until, you know, probably three years ago. Mm -hmm. So that whole experience is one thing that's still kind of blowing my mind. I don't understand how you could have a stranger just pick you up in a car. Now, from in Long Valley, still within 50 minutes, you're in the city, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, and Morristown, that's, you know, I mean, you weren't so removed, right? right. Is it really so secluded? It's pretty crazy because I would say up until college, um, maybe a little bit in high school, I thought Morristown was the big city, you know, we pl I played football in uh, high school. We played Morristown every single year. And when we would go there, we were like, all right, are we going to have police escorts or something? It's pretty dangerous out there. Yeah, it's and dangerous then, in Morristown. Yeah. Later on, I met someone from Morristown football team and uh, we actually had a cow walked across our football field right before a state championship or not state championship, mm -hmm. state playoff game when we were playing. Morristown. And they were like, we'd never seen anything like that. We were just waiting for a bear to come eat the cow. So <laughs> it wasn't just me. I always felt like it was just me projecting, but it's other people. It's yes. uh, it's a whole new world. Okay. Now I want to get to this movie podcast. You have a huge movie podcast. <laughs> What's the name of it? Well, it's called the huge movie podcast <laughs> because it's all encompassing, right? So it's me, um, my friend from home, Connor Garrigan, uh, John Gallagher, a new friend, and Jack mm -hmm. Mayberry, our producer. What we're doing every week is we've taken the IMDb Top 100 Movies of All Time list, and we've put that into a giant bracket, right? So we use the seating from that to make our matchups, um, and every single week we take one matchup, we argue about which movie should be moving on, which one's best. We argue why that is. And uh, overall, we're hoping to see what the actual greatest movie of all time is, in our opinion. Gotcha. Um, we've had a very, very big disagreement with IMDb. Uh -huh. We hate Citizen Kane, as I've told you before. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the most overrated movies there is. And it if is. everyone disagrees, come listen to the podcast, come comment, and I'll fight you on it. <laughs> Yeah, Rosebud, not uh, the, the most uh, revealing ending. Uh, I don't know. Like we were talking in person, you know, it was, um, it was, it was shocking to people at the time, and that made it very popular. And now it's gotten to the point. You're right; it's overrated. At least yeah. in my opinion, I'm with you guys there. A hundred percent. And you know, it's not to say that at the time these movies weren't good or on the cutting edge. But as one of the main thing, themes we've been talking about, because we're still in the lower-ranked movies, those yeah. tend to be the older movies that have fallen out of favor with people. We've noticed 
that the technology for when these old movies came out were cutting edge at the time, right? Yeah. It influenced a bunch of different movies. However, the movies that are being produced right now have taken what they've done, expanded upon it, and it's like anything. The old's going to come out and the new's going to replace it. Yes. Not saying that those weren't great movies at the time, but there's better stuff now because of those old movies. Yeah. So you can still have an appreciation. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Okay, Chris Cafiro, how can people find you out there on the internet, on social media? Do you have a website? Do you have YouTube? Uh, is Instagram your haunt? H how can people find you and find out what you're up to? So biggest two things, uh, Instagram and YouTube, uh, both of those are at Chris Carfaro. Um, in Instagram and YouTube are both where you'll find the uh, podcast as well, uh, the Huge Movie Podcast again. Uh, I'm on Twitch at uh, Topher Carf. So it's the end of Christopher and the first four <laughs> letters of Carf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's, oh, so that's basically it. So people who are listening to the audio version know the last spelling of your last name. It's like Car, then Far, then an O. Car, yeah, Car, Far, Oh. <laughs> very nice. But it's Car Pharaoh. It's Car Pharaoh. Yes. Okay, now Chris, Chris Car Pharaoh. Everyone at home poised to watch this film same time we do here in the studio so everyone at home has got to press play on their device at the exact same time as we do here in the studio so why don't you go ahead chris Cafaro, and give us that celebrity comedian countdown all right i've been waiting for this here we go three two one go Thank you, Celebrity Comedian Countdown, for your Celebrity Comedian Countdown. Very interesting. I can't wait to listen to it later. Right, we're starting off with Universal, the old school intro. Yeah, this is a Universal movie. It really appeals to all audiences. Universally. <laughs> oh, there's no CC on this. Uh, Kenny, come on, we need closed captioning. Well, right. Lily, Tom Lily Tomlin, it says for you, Charles Grodin. Oh, it's Star Pack. It's, it's it is star pack. Ned, Ned Beatty? Beatty. Listen, you wow. can't have Charles Grodin without Ned Beatty. Good point. I love the graphics. Talk about 1981. Yeah. It's like your calculator's graphics. Your pocket calculator. See how they what? zoomed in? This, the cast is full blast. Mark Blankfield. Who's Mark Blankfield? He, we saw him as the star in The Jerk 2. That's right. He was the star. That's right. And he does his job in this film. I mean, he really does a good job. You know, he's very much a comedic actor. There's lots of um, pratfall kind of things. Now, so much what this movie is trying to do is talk about how awful consumerism was in the 70s. How it, I mean, this is 81, it's released, but it was shot in the 70s. And so is this an actual commercial? So this guy's actually on the street. It's from a supermarket. Right. And he's trying to get people to try the product. And it's basically Cheese Whiz. Um, and, of course, Cheese Whiz tastes gross, I think, personally, myself. A lot of – the more sodium, the better it tastes. Oh, and I agree with you on that. So that's the joke. People are going to try the product and blech. This whole movie is talking about the consumerism, and it blames her shrinking on these chemicals. You know, from all the products. Based suggested by the novel, Big Green Man. 
Right. Now, in 1957, there was a movie called The Incredible Shrinking Man. And they're trying to say that this movie is a... Right about now, the funk.
Life in the air, groovy with gold in your pocket, riding a wild set of wheels at an easy pace. Are you there? Everything is smooth and cool. There's some traffic, but not too much traffic. But it's all right, you see, because you've got everything covered. Understand? You're driving along in the field of the sun and the radio's swinging a beautiful, crazy, wild tune. And you feel so good, you, ah, you're right in there tight. Can you feel it? Yes. Suddenly your mind goes over to Hitleyville. And you start thinking about a beautiful girl that you met there five years ago. And what a gasser she was. Oh, oh, take me now! Beautiful. And your nose rubbed in a rose garden, so many roses. Can't later. You've been thinking about how charming she was, how gracious her people were, what a ball you had, what a beautiful time, how 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 sweet, how generous, how how crazy. How like a heart across goes in my gas tank.
get kind of hard This ain't no place to be if you plan on being a star Let me tell you it's always cool And the boss don't mind sometimes if you're at the booth At the car wash Tell them it's going to be a rock and roll. Talking about the car wash. Car wash, yeah. Come on, y'all, and sing it with me. Car wash. Sing it with feeling, y'all. Car wash, yeah. Oh, 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 oh. So I've seen the stop coming. Well, I say, keep those lights machines humming.
Now, if I can only straighten out Governor Long. <laughs> he doesn't want to listen to me. I would have had him over, but he won't dress, you know. <laughs> Just sits in his pajamas, won't put his teeth in or anything. He's sitting, cursing at his wife, running around, making speeches in motels. He's really a delight, though. He really cracked me up. He had the greatest political campaign of any public figure. It, I show him on television, dig his political platform. I'm not a nut. <laughs> what is that, right? No honesty, better schools. I'm not a nut, that's all I got. So I don't wet the bed, elect me, that's all. Forget it. Governor Long is really a sign of our times. How did the governor get out? He fired the people who put him in. Go fight that kind of action. You're a nut. You're fired. <laughs> if you read time, they grabbed him making phone calls. <laughs> Hello, this is Governor Long. Give me McElroy, Secretary of Defense. Hello, Mac. <laughs> this is the governor. Yes, it give me a lot of trouble down here, son. John Lafitte is bombarding us again. Are you there? It's the governor he whacked out. He's dingling, Daddy. Forget the re-election. Governor! All right, Your Majesty. Don't talk to any newspapers whatsoever. The Watchtower. Right. Yes. Yes. All right, we're going to send some uh, FBI men down to take care of you. Are we dressing all in white? It's warm in Washington now. Mm-hmm, good deal. All right, Governor. Well, let's see now. The FBI men will be here soon. A lot of important things to do today. Let's see what I have to do. Uh, empty the garbage and... Uh, yeah, I gotta meet Aaron Burr for lunch and... Uh, Governor Long. Yes, what is it? The FBI men are here to see you. Thank you. You're free, Bueller. If you've seen me work before, you know I stole that voice from another characterization. That's actually Governor Farbus's voice when, when he was popular. It's weird, you fickle, you people. You swing with one hero and... Taking out of the home of Governor Farbus. The daughter. Daddy, I got a wonderful surprise for you. Well, what is it, Bella of the South? Well, Daddy, your daughter Sheila Jaw has gone to get married. Married? Well, that certainly brings a warm spot to my old southern heart. Can't believe you're such a big girl, Sheila, getting married. You uh, marrying a local boy? No, Daddy, he's a New York stage actor. Mom and I met him last year in Freeport, Long Island. Hmm, well, I've never had too much truck with stage people, but I'm sure if my daughter Sheila Joy picked him out, he's a fine, upstanding man. What's his name, sugar? Harry Belafonte. <laughs> Italian boy, eh? Well...
without style or grace Burning shoes with no socks In cold weather I knew my heart was in the right place I knew I'd be able to do these things As we watch him Give up hope. I'm walking alone. I'm 
faces in movies, on TV, in magazines, and in books. He thought that some of these faces might be right for him, and that through the years, by keeping an ideal facial structure fixed in his mind, or somewhere in the back of his mind, that he might, by force of will, cause his face to approach those of his ideal. Change would be very subtle. It might take ten years or so. Gradually his face would change its shape. More hooked nose. Wider, thinner lips. Beady eyes. A larger forehead.
you be glad you waited Cause baby is a lady, sexy like Sadie No, she no R, baby, she's X-rated To all the fly boys, to all the fly boys To all the fly boys, why don't you enjoy It's cold, it's cold, y'all, hanging in the hall, y'all Never goes to the mall, y'all Stop it. 